This is Corey Dillon. This is Isaiah Stanback. This is Elijah Jackson. Hi, I'm Kevin Dozen. This is Thaddeus Dixon. My name is Lincoln Kennedy. My name is Jonah Coleman. What's up, everyone? It's Cam Cleland. This is Cody Pickett. I'm Eric Bjornsson. And this is the Bow Down Podcast. Listening to the Bow Down Podcast. Hey, y'all listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And you're listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And I'm listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And you're listening to the Bow Down Podcast. You're listening to the Bow Down Podcast. You are listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And it's coming from the legend, the one and only, one of one. And you are listening to the Bow Down Podcast right here, right now. gentlemen back again with another episode of the bow down podcast our next guest was a husky from 91 to 1994 redshirting on that 91 national championship team behind billy joe hobart and mark brunel as a sophomore he transitioned to the wide receiver position and his senior year led the huskies with 49 receptions 770 yards and seven touchdowns that season earned him second team all Pac-10, academic all Pac-10, and second team academic all-American honors. A fourth-round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys in the 1995 NFL Draft, he converted to tight end as a rookie and as a part of that Super Bowl 30 winning Cowboys team. Spending time with those Dallas Cowboys, the Patriots, and Raiders, he has a career 82 games played, 147 receptions, 1,384 yards, and eight touchdowns. It gives us great pleasure here on the Bow Down Podcast to welcome in Husky great Eric Bjornsson. Eric, thank you for your time, and welcome to the Bow Down Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm thrilled to talk to anybody about Husky football. Indeed. Awesome. Awesome. So we're all aware of how this past Husky season ended, of course, with the loss in the championship game to the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. Sorry, I, overall, still a great season, 14-1, and one, uh, Pac-12, the last Pac-12 champs ever, uh, one of the greatest seasons in Huskies history since that 91 season, which you were a part of, Sugar Bowl champs. But just talk to us on this past season about the Huskies, um, and then even currently with all these coaching changes happening around campus uh, and your outlook on what this team could possibly be in the future. Well, the season was pretty magical. I mean, I'm very passionate about the Huskies. I bleed purple. I mean, everyone's got their sports, their favorite teams. Got a couple of local teams I root for, teams I play for, but nothing, nothing really compares to how I feel about the Huskies. So this was just really a magical season. It just brought so much joy to see us beat Oregon twice in one season. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, I went I went to the Oregon game in Seattle, and I have a pretty bad track record for games I've attended. They've gone to a couple big games with the Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl a few years ago against Penn State. I went to that Auburn game in Atlanta. It's just I have a bad record, and I was like, I'm going to jinx it. And we went to the Oregon game. And I brought a crew, I brought my my sons and like three other dads in my neighborhood and all their sons was like, it's like 10 of us and it was like the best day ever, best day ever. And I saw everybody I wanted to see and it was like, can you believe we actually won the game? It was so great. It's always great before the game. I mean, I went to the national title game in Houston and it was, again, it was, it was magical. We had all these reunions for the 91 team. You know, I was just, just 
just hugging, hugging guys I haven't seen in 20, 30 years the whole weekend. And then it was just kind of a little let down after. But it brought so much joy and happiness. I just love those players so much. I've gotten a little bit gotten over the, the, the disappointment of the coaching staff all leaving because I really enjoyed that staff as well. It's just, it's just, you know, it's modern day college football now, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Arizona fans aren't thrilled that we took their coach. So it is what it is. And it's the new reality. Um, I don't, I like this new guy. I think they did as well as they could have done under the circumstances in a short turnaround to be able to fill that with, with a, a guy that has, you know, a, a proven track record of being around a lot of great coaches and having success at a program, taking it from really as bad as it could be turning it around into a winner top 11 or whatever finish in, in, the, in the last season. And, you know, we had an alumni zoom the other night. It's actually last night during the game, which wasn't ideal in terms of timing because we're watching the Tennessee <laughs> championship game, but, you know, I liked everything the coach said. I liked his enthusiasm, passion. He really wants to loop in the alumni and he's, you know, I actually asked him a question about like the balance between the transfer portal and recruiting. And he's very much, he's very committed to, to building the program through high school recruiting, which does seem like, I mean, again, it's all such a new world, like how we're also figuring out the best way to go about it. But it does seem like long-term, that's how you sustain a program. I mean, if you can keep the guys recruited, I guess, it's the other battle, but, uh, but he conceded that, you know, this year we're going to have to load up on the portal to fill the roster to feel the competitive team next year. So this year might be a little bit different, but I, I like his approach and, and he's, he seems like he's done well, you know, he recruited pretty well at Arizona. I would, I would hope it'd be easier recruit at Washington, but I'm, I'm also very biased, but I like, so I like where the program's going. I think he's a good guy um, for us, you know, and uh, so I'm always optimistic. Yeah. Uh, Eric, being a part of that 91 national championship team, arguably the best season, in Huskies football history, led by legendary coach Don James, tons of Husky legends lining up left and right on all positions across the field. Do you have any favorite memories or moments from that season or any Don James stories you want to share? Yeah, I mean, so many moments from that season. I, I was just talking to someone about this the other day about what was my, you know, just my in my football career or my Husky career, you know, were the most memorable. And it's interesting because I would say my most memorable was, I didn't even play in this game, I was redshirting. And it happened to be the year prior, but everyone remembers the game with BUSC 31-0. And it was all I saw at Purple game. Because it was just kind of the, the kickoff to the whole, the whole run that we had. And again, it was a year earlier, we didn't win that year. But man, that was such a special game. And it was like, we're now we're kind of we are kind of the real deal here you know i believe yes he was ranked fourth undefeated coming in national you know coming off a big win i think they played illinois the week before no one gave us a chance and i remember you know being up 24-0 at halftime as a quarterback at the time you congregate in the locker room as uh, by position i was sitting next to mark Brunel. and he's like you know this is going to be one of the greatest wins in the history of this football organization and i was like it's only halftime bro <laughs> <laughs> but he was right. And uh, and then just coming into the team room after, you know, you know, the team room's right, right it's it's connected to the tunnel and, and, and the coordinators are all in the booth. So it's it Lambright and Gilbertson it takes them a few minutes to come down from the booth and, and 
so much excitement in that room. And then, and then Gilby came walking in, and I think you know they Lyman, I think yeah, just basically like Cunningham maybe like borderline tackled him. And then Lambo came in, Hoffman just like lifted him up. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, yeah, that was probably my most memorable. That's the one that just comes up in my mind all the time. I just remember like almost being in tears how excited I was. And again, I was a third string redshirt quarterback. And, uh, <laughs> but that's what, that's the one I remember. I mean, was, I, I'd say, you know, those Nebraska games are pretty special, you know, 91 and the night game in 92. Um, and then maybe the Miami win my senior year was pretty, pretty great. We had a bowl, bowl game that year. So those are ones that stand out to me. Nice. So as a man of many hats, you switched back and forth from quarterback to wide receiver in college and then eventually played tight end in the pros. Did you have any preference to which position you played? What were some of the challenges you faced moving from position to position? And was it ever a thought of yours to transfer out of UW so you could play that starting quarterback role for another program? Yeah, it's a good, all good questions. And, and I think if it was today's environment, I probably would have left. Yeah. And it would have been a dumb decision because I, whenever I, when I picked the school that I was, you know, when I was going through the recruiting process, I really try to take football out of the equation because I'm not sure I'm even good enough to play at this level. So where do I want to be? I try to tell my kids this, they get to that point, like, Choose a school that you want to be at if sports doesn't work out. Right. And that was for me was Washington. And then, but how, you know, then you're there and you're, you know, to be working as hard as you, it takes to, to participate on a team like that, not play. It gets old. You want to play, right? And yeah. I think I actually had like kind of an informal, you know, it wasn't like it is now. I couldn't really, I wasn't even allowed to talk to other coaches, but the Michigan coaches had reached out to my high school coach. So we had little, third, you know, weird, indirect dialogue. I wanted to sit out an entire season if I transferred. I actually flew out to Michigan with my parents, and we just toured the campus, went to a Tigers game. You know, I just came away just thinking, you know what, I might not play, but I think uh, I, I know I want to go to school here. And then I switched to, you know, then the coaches were like, hey, you, uh, you're doing good things. You don't do anything wrong. We just have two guys that took us to Rose Bowls that are playing ahead of you, and you're not going to beat them out. So, you know, you got your 40 times, you want to try the receiver. You just wanted to play, you know? And um, I think I firmly believe receiver, any quarterback could play receiver if they if they can run. And you know, everyone has good hands. They played hand cuts their whole lives. Everyone can catch. And um, and so it came natural to me, and I, I, I have was athletic enough to do it. And fortunately, we had a need. Both the first year I played quarterback, we were light, we were thin at receiver. And then I went back to quarterback. And then my senior went back to receiver. We were really thin. So I lucked out in a lot of ways because of if things were the way they are now, A, I probably would have transferred and, you know, who knows, probably not. I mean, they had good quarterbacks, turns out, in Michigan. I probably would have not played there anyway. And then we probably would have, you know, given our receiver situation instead of moving to me to receiver, probably would have had a bunch of transfers come in and take my job. So I benefited a lot. We had an All-American Running back, All-American tight end. I got a ton of single coverage my senior year. Damon fed me the rock. And um, so I really lucked out. And so the transition was the challenging, most challenging part I recall was it wasn't really the routes. It was, it was some of the nuance with learning the position, getting off the ball against press coverage and and, and sort of getting ahead of a, of a defensive back. You know, when I if I, if I if the guy jumped the route, you know, asking myself, like, why, why was that so obvious that that route, why did he know I was going to run that route? 
right? So we just get in their head and, and then outthink them a little bit. And I just had a lot of support and help from the other receivers, all just really collaborative. I'd always ask questions and um and then and then going to the NFL, I got drafted as a tight end, which I just was kind of that mold of a of a Novacek type that had played some quarterback and and little like a receiving tight end. So that for that system, the 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 expectation to be like this point of attack, you know, power blocker was was not really um that wasn't really the system. So uh that was hard for me though. I mean the blocking portion was really hard and you know, at that level, there's not a lot of time to like teach fundamental football. You know, it's like the expectation is you know what you're doing, and let's, it's all scheme and X's and O's, and it's changing every week. And so I didn't really ever have like great teaching in that area. And my tight ends coach wasn't a blocking guy either, so he didn't know how to teach me that. But it was again more of a receiving type position. Most of the runs were either ISOs up the middle with our big fullback or backside. And uh, and then and then you know then they did have a change in the offensive coordinator my fourth year. My fourth and fifth year, um, we were very much power running at the tight end, and I was I didn't start in that. And that was not a system to play to my strength. But then I became kind of the the, the move motion guy and kind of you know four wide receiver guy. Um, so it was tough tough transition. But on the other hand, you know I was you know coming out of college as a as a as a wide receiver, it was like, was well, this guy fast enough to play in the NFL? And you know then. You know, I would have been a maybe a, a possession type receiver, but then when I moved to tight end, I was like, "Hey, this guy's a fast tight end." So it worked out well for me. To, uh, yeah. So was that always the plan for you to come from college and go play tight end, or was that something the Cowboys no. had planned for you? Oh, it was specifically the Cowboys. Um, every other team was looking at me as a wide receiver. Um, I think, you know, this is kind of a 1995 was a year where teams were like, hey, we've got these tweener H-back type guys that can motion. And there was a few different guys in my draft class that they sort of targeted as as those type of guys. Myself, Justin Armour, and the guy out of Texas, I don't remember. It was interesting, too, because I think we were all kind of cut out of the same cloth. At least we were sort of evaluated the same way. And it's and it's not like, a, like if you've ever done a fantasy draft, you know, one year tight ends might might go in like the third or fourth round, right? And the next year might be a sixth or seventh round. It's just kind of a weird, so it's like all emotion. And I was, of those three guys, I was the first one to be picked in the fourth. And then they went like in the same round, like within 10 picks. So, okay. I mean, that could have been in the seventh round if they just decided it was, you know, not that time. So um, it's weird how that works out. I wasn't expected or projected to go as high as I did. Um, but to answer your question, I think it was maybe a couple teams. I mean, Buffalo saw me as like an H-back type guy, but everyone else, I was just strictly a receiver. The Bow Down Podcast, we have a question we ask all of our guests, Eric. We call it Bow Down to Our Hot Seat. Your situation is unique because you played two positions at Washington and a third in the pros, but we're going to use your last position you played in Washington, wide receiver. Who are your top five Huskies wide receivers ever. If you can't give us right. five, you can give us three. If you want to name honorable mentions and just run off a list, go for it. All right, I'll, I'll, I did the best I could to think of this, and I think there's there's pretty strong debate on the top top spot between Reggie. I'm going to give Reggie Williams the okay. nod there, just because he was just he was just unguardable. Like it was, you know, he was like 
it was sort of Randy Moss-ish, you know, this like in a pinch, you throw it up to that guy, he's coming down with it. And uh, his numbers were ridiculous. He was just, he was ridiculous. Uh, very close second. I'm putting the Dunze as number two. I think he makes the case for number one. He was so effing good this year, man. I mean, he just came in with a big play anytime we needed it. And, and man, how many times did he fit that thing in there with when contested balls, right? I mean, that's – I try to tell my son, like, he, my son's a good little receiver. He's get better at those contested balls. This guy catches everything, and he's contested every time. So, uh, I am – yeah, the, the next ones are somewhat emotion. Like, I'm going Mario Bailey, number three, oh, just because what he meant to the program. Yeah. Um, he deserves to be in any conversation. Uh, then it gets tough for me, but – I'm going to go Dante Pettis, number four, okay. um, because he had the return game as well. I mean, he was my son's favorite player um, when he was on the team. And then because I, I love the guy, I'm a, a Jerome Payton, I'm going to give him the nod at number five. Um, okay. He was a youngster. When I was a senior, he was he redshirted and he let it up after I left. So that's the best I've got. Honorable mention to Curse. Who else? I mean, Paul, Paul Scanzi, you know, was in the conversation for – Husky Legends. Uh, I'm probably forgetting some obvious ones. That's the best I can do. Now that that that's a great list. I mean, I don't think many people can even argue with that. All right, good. So, your first year, you get drafted for the with the Dallas Cowboys. You win the Super Bowl. Kind of like the same question we asked earlier about the Huskies. Any fond memories? Any 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 favorite moments from that Super Bowl Thirty Dallas Cowboy football team? Well, there's a lot of there was a lot of crazy memories from that team that might not be appropriate to tell, <laughs> but uh, it was a crazy group. But it was some funny times, some just funny, you know, characters, right, in the locker room between guys like Charles Haley and. And uh, and Nate Newton would go back at each other constantly. Um, I mean, the Super Bowl was. I mean, I played in front of a big stadiums, big crowds, big TV audiences. But boy, that was a pretty. I was feeling some nerves before the Super Bowl. And I was, you know, it's a long walk from that locker room to the field in Tempe, and I played in that field probably as much as any field, except for maybe Husky Stadium and. and Cowboy Stadium, but you know we played ASU a bunch, played at Arizona. Um, so yeah, I've been there before, and it was just it was a long walk. You feel the ma the magnitude of everybody in the world watching this one. Um, and then once the game starts, and it it's kind of gets that feel of like it's just another game. Um, I remember, I remember uh, there was in that game there was a fake onside kick by the Steelers that. Uh, that uh, excuse me, a surprise on that kick that they were covered. Yeah, and I don't want to, I won't bore you with the total detail, but let's just, I, I wasn't on the field when that happened, but in the NFC Championship game, I was in that spot that would have the ball would have been kicked right at, okay. and there was a return. It was a very difficult return that that left. It was called like the left tackle. I think we called it. Um, he, I had to run like all the way like back towards the returner and kick out their basically their R5, 
which is if you got five guys on each side of the kicker, he was yeah. on the other side of the kicker for me. I had to kick him out the other way. And it's, it's, you got to really be moving on the kick, right? And, and the guy, the NFC championship game, Green Bay had a guy named Travis Jervy, who I think is the fastest guy in the league. And I had to go out and catch him and kick him out. And I, I was a little bit too slow and I, I caught him on the side and he, he flopped perfectly. So I got called for blocking the back. <laughs> and then in the champs in the Super Bowl, the, the special teams coach is like, I don't give a crap. I'm playing starters at special teams. Like this is, you know, we're we're playing to win. So that guy who was in my spot is the same return. And so it was a perfect onside kick call because he was gone. He was 30 yards running back down the field when that thing got kicked. If you ever watch like when they kicked that thing, no one's even close to it. And it was yeah. kind of my fault for because he knew I, I saw him in the shower. He's like, man, do you believe they called that if you, if you had the return of the championship game? I was like, dude, I'm glad it wasn't me. Because I would have been I would have been on the 10-yard line by the time the, the onside kick game. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, tons of memories. I mean, it was some goofy stuff. I don't know how much time you guys want me to take, but uh, it was great. I mean, I, I had a, a, a super fun deal where they, they on media day, they did like this. David Letterman show sent this like young kid to do interviews and and he interviewed me and I was on Letterman. That was kind of fun and I'm a huge oh, Letterman cool. guy. So that was kind of a highlight for me. Yeah. Uh, you have a championship with the Huskies and a championship with the Cowboys. Which one means more to you and which ring is nicer? Well, the Super Bowl ring is quite a bit nicer. Um, yeah, because the uh, Husky ring is super special, but you know, to be to be honest, I was I was a freshman on that team. I think mean, I was a rookie on the Cowboys team too. I don't know. I, I they're both special, but the Super Bowl was pretty unique. Uh, I don't wear either of them. I did wear the national championship ring to the national championship. A bunch of us were there on the '91 team. I think we all had it on. That's probably the only time I've ever worn it. Um, I kind of give the nod to the, uh, to the to the Super Bowl though. Um, yeah, I think it's worth. Uh, it's, it's it's way bigger and way nicer. I mean, they, they kind of these these college rings now are so nice, but like ours was like looked like a class ring compared to <laughs> the Super Bowl ring. Um, yeah. All right. So before we let you go, this is kind of your stage now. The floor is yours. Anything you want to talk about? What you, what do you have going on? And how can Husky Nation and the Bow Down Podcast listeners find you on social media? Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm on all the social media. I'm not like a big poster by any means. More, It's more so I consume other people's, you know, media. Um, yeah, I, 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 work, I live in the Bay Area. I got three kids. My daughter, unfortunately, she's going to Oregon next year to play beach volleyball. What? And, uh, yeah, that was a tough one to swallow for me. Um, but my son's a sophomore. He plays football. He's still got a shot. And I have a younger son. I still got two more chances to get a Husky out of this deal. Okay. Um, just know that if I see you anywhere in the Bay Area and you're wearing a Husky hat or Husky shirt, we're going to be talking. Like, we will be <laughs> friends. Because if I see anybody, I'm, I'm immediately, grocery store, my kids are like, oh, my God, here we go again. They don't see it that much. So I go to Seattle, it's almost overwhelming because I see all these people wearing, you know, Husky gear. But, yeah. uh, but when you're down here and, and if I see you, we're going to be chatting. I don't care how young or old you are because yeah, I, I love it. And uh, and, and, and yeah, so that's it. I, I work in employee benefits. I help companies set up their 
you know, medical, dental, vision, life, disability plans, and just live in the suburbs with wife and kids, a couple dogs, you know, cool. nothing too exciting. Awesome. Well, Eric, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the Bow Down Podcast. Thank you for your time. It is awesome to speak with you. Um, I know there were some not PG-13 stories you'd love to share. <laughs> maybe if we cut the recording, we can talk. Maybe have All a right. couple beers next time we're in the Bay Area with you. Talk about Sounds some great. on that Super Bowl 30 team. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, guys. Great time. Thank you, my friend. All right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.